0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Swish Podcast. I'm Jake. Hey,
1: I'm also Jake. Today, it's such an honor because we have a very special guest on with us. We have Mets right-handed minor league pitcher, Stephen Velines. Thank you for joining us, Stephen. How are you?
2: What's going on, Jakes?
0: Um, a, we're both good. pleasure
1: to be on the show. Thanks
0: for having me. Um, yeah, so we hope that you and your family are staying safe, and let's start. So our first right. question of this podcast, this interview is, what made you get into baseball? Any play Any other sports growing up? Um,
2: alright. What made me get into baseball was I'm the youngest of three. So my sister and brother both played literally growing up in softball, and then my brother played in high school. Um, my sister also played in high school. So I was kind of... I kind of just grew up within the baseball family. Uh... So I probably started playing t-ball, I believe when I was four, and then ever since then I just I just kept playing, and I've never played another sport, uh, another organized sport. So it's been baseball from the very beginning.
1: So if if you played any other, did you play any other positions? If so, what did you play?
2: Yeah, growing up I played all over, uh, mainly. Second base was my favorite, and then um, I believe it was my sophomore year of high school. I went to a pretty big high school in Southern California. It's the same high school as Nolan Arenado and Matt Chapman, and so we we had a pretty, pretty big talent pool, so I started being a pitcher only my sophomore year of high school, which is pretty early, but... It's okay. It got me used to my life as a pitcher owner.
0: Okay, so um, are there any baseball players that you sort of like looked up to growing up or now?
2: Oh, definitely. Um, I would say, obviously, the big ones like the King Rookie Juniors, the Derek Jeter. Those guys are obviously the face of baseball when I was growing up. So definitely looking up to those guys. Uh, I really like watching... Uh, like Nomar Garcia-Para, the A-Rod and Jeter trio as they were playing at the same time. Uh, so yeah, a bunch of those guys. And then I played backyard baseball growing up on a computer. I don't even know if you guys know what that is, but uh, it had all all the uh, all-stars of that time period. So all those guys like Jason Giambi, um, I think Alex Rios got in there, a bunch of guys. So but definitely the the trio of A. Rod, Garcia Garciaparra, and Jeter.
1: It was backyard, like the guy was like Pablo Sanchez. Yes, nice. Yeah, I've heard about that before.
2: Nice. Yeah, that came.
1: So you said you grew up in California, right? Yes. So were you a Angels, Dodgers, Padres, or Oakland fan?
2: Um. This honestly, I grew up liking the Yankees. I have people in my family who, who like the Yankees. For, I know I'm on the other side of the country, which is kind of funny. But uh, they're also super good. As I was younger growing up, they I mean, dominated the early 2000s. So just like watching them and all their talent. And then uh, I'm closer to the Angels. So I grew up going to their stadium a lot, which I watch a lot of like Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, Bobby, you those type of guys.
0: Um. So our next question is, what made you become a sidearm pitcher? Um.
2: The short answer would be I wasn't good enough throwing over the top. Kinda. Of. Uh, um. I mainly started out throwing three quarters, which is somewhere in the middle of over the top and sidearm. And then as the years grew on, I had to kind of adapt with if players were hitting good off me, if I just wasn't throwing hard enough, or if the ball wasn't moving enough. So as I started going through the end of high school and the college, I really found a groove with the sidearm, and it uh, kind of took off from there, and it feels most natural
1: to me. Before we move on to the next question, I want to ask you something, like, what's the difference between, like, throwing submarine or sidearm, like, what's kind of, a like- uh, for,
2: for me, I would say a submarine is, is more like a knuckle, knuckle scraper on the dirt, right? So, yeah. you're throwing, actually, you could even just say underhand, similar to, like, a softball, though, right? And I definitely stay on the side of my body. Um, my arm probably doesn't dip below my belly button most of the time. Uh, um. So definitely, I'm, I stick to the side. I don't go underneath.
1: So we know you went to Kansas for college, but what was like? What made you make that decision? Kind of.
2: Yes, I went to the Great University of Kansas, and they're home of the Jayhawks. So I love I played four years there. I loved every single year. Um, I went to Kansas because out of high school I wasn't really recruited heavily at all. I was going to a junior college in California. And then the last month of my senior year of high school, a friend of a friend saw me play. And I happened to do well that game. And that guy is friends with the head coach, Rich Price, at Kansas. And he sent him an email and he called, gave me a call. And I sent him a video, and we talked about it, and he gave me a walk-on spot.
0: So at Kansas in your freshman year, you were named the closer role, and you put up great numbers in that role, including a 150 ERA. So what was your key success that season, just getting through that year playing really well?
2: Yeah, that year was uh, the best season we had while I was there. Uh, I think it might even be the best season in Kansas as an organization or as a program has had. So it was super fun. I went to the regional that year. I would say, uh, I mean, the key to success was definitely it was an older team, and they were able to support me and kind of help me get through some uh, bumps in the road that I was had to hit. But, so I had good support cast around me. And then also uh, just the competitive nature of – not letting, uh, like, myself get overwhelmed. And it was brand new and stuff, and there was a couple outings where I was freaking out a little bit. It was all new, and obviously it's exciting, so the adrenaline starts pumping. But, uh, again, it was those older guys who just kind of calmed me down, and it's just all about uh, believing in your skill set and going out and competing.
1: So, in the 2017 draft, you were drafted to my favorite team, the Mets, in the 10th round. So, like, what was it just like getting drafted into a major league organization?
2: Uh, It was obviously one of the, the best moments of my life so far. Uh, just having your name called, and it's been a dream of mine since I was in T-ball, right? Ever since we had, uh, started playing. So, it was a huge honor. And... Uh, very fortunate for that. So it was great. It was, it, it was a, I guess, pretty scary couple of days. I got drafted on the last, I was one of the last 10 picks, I believe, uh, the second day. So I was getting calls, and then you hear these guys getting their name called, and this wasn't happening. And with me being a senior from college, this was kind of my only shot to get a chance to play at the next level. So I was pretty nervous, but uh, when they
0: finally call your name, it was just a big relief, and then probably couldn't stop smiling for the next couple days. (laughs) So in your first year of pro ball with the Nets, you put up a 165 ERA. So what was that like in your first year playing with them?
1: Oh, it was cool.
2: Definitely, you go straight from college ends to a little gap between that and the, and the uh, draft. Draft happens, I think, maybe two days after, I was headed to Port St. Lucie and their spring training facility to do physicals and all that medical stuff. And then you basically head out right into season and you get thrown into the fire. So it was it was fun getting to uh, experience that. Uh, I started out in Kingsport and then I moved up to Brooklyn that season. So... Just kind of getting your your feet wet a little bit, and the pro ball was fun, and I was able to play with a couple guys who were seniors from college as well that I played against. So it was a uh, it was just fun. It was a new fun experience.
1: So for the listeners who don't know, you jumped from AA to AAA last year. So what was kind of like the biggest key to moving up, like your success, and like what was it like, kind of?
2: Yeah, moving up was. Honestly, it's super cool anytime you get the call to go to the next level. Uh, I'd say the, the biggest key at every level would just be throwing strikes and believing in, in your pitches. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter what level you're at. I could be in rookie ball or A and if I'm not throwing quality strikes, then bad things are going to happen. So but I would say the biggest key would be uh, just not letting yourself be overwhelmed by any level that you're at, and really just staying positive and staying confident in your ability.
0: Um. So just speaking of moving up, throughout those years, just playing from Double AA, A, have any like MLB players or bigger or better players than you just had like, taken you under your wing, or just like veterans like just this like told you stuff, just like just like tips on how to become a better player and stuff.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'd say in AAA, I was there's a lot of uh, like new forty man guys, so they're getting going up and down from AAA to the major leagues, and they're kind of experiencing that. And I was just experiencing uh, AAA for the first time. And so, just for example, guys like Paul Sewald, uh Jacob Rame. Eric Handhold, he's with the Orioles now. Just different guys like that. There's multiple guys. Uh, You're in the bullpen with them, and they just kind of make you feel welcome to make you feel like you belong. And that goes a long way just for saying, hey, let's go get some dinner, or let's go hang out on the off day, do something together. Just kind of making you feel welcome, and that takes you a long way because as
1: soon as you can feel comfortable, that's... More soon, you can uh, focus on the actual game and being on the bat. Was one of those guys like Steven Agostic? Because we actually also interviewed him.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, I'm good friends with Steven. Uh, we probably, we got moved, we played in double-A together, and then we got moved to triple-A around the same time, and obviously he made it to the majors, so um, we were playing together for a while, and he took off, and. It's always cool to see those guys you play with when they get the call because uh, he's a friend and at the same time, we're all going for same spots, but we're all happy for each other because we spend so much time together. So, he's really cool and, um, yeah, we you kind of find a friend group that you try to figure out the whole system with.
1: Yeah, he was our first interview. So, um, moving on to our next question, like, during the quarantine, have you been, like, staying in Dave, running to get that call to go to the majors. Like, what has been like your throwing routine? Like, have you been throwing at like a local college or high school? Have you been just like throwing in you know, like your backyard? What have you been doing?
2: Uh, kind of all of the above. So yeah, I got uh, told that I need to stay ready and stay in shape. Uh, for uh, just in case that call does come. Uh, you never want to be be caught unprepared. So yeah, I've been playing catch and throwing bullpens, running, lifting. Uh, During these crazy times, you have to, kind of like you said, you got to find wherever you can. So I was able to find a good spot with some buddies where we would go from a couple of different high schools to JUCO, just kind of hopping around on whoever was open, what field was free, where you can find a catcher, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I was hopped from backyards to the streets to fences, Alongside the park, just whatever you can do.
0: Um. So, what are your main goals moving forward in the next couple of years, or just for the rest of your career? Or what are your like goals right now?
2: Uh, the ultimate goal would obviously be making it to the majors and uh, sustaining a long career. Uh, so until you get there, I mean, that's the ultimate goal, but. The mini goals that you got to set for yourself to reach that main goal would be, like we just said, to make sure that I stay disciplined in my throwing routine, my workout routine, uh, my nutrition side. So I have goals as far as if I'm able to command a certain pitch, if I hit a certain velocity, how my body feels. So I just really try to focus on that stuff and then – if all those things align, then I believe I should reach the ultimate goal, which would be to pitch in the major leagues.
1: So, um, so what, are, like your goals moving forward in the next couple of years?
2: Uh, I would say probably just staying consistent. That's what uh, all sports are about, and the main. Uh, the main outlook is just being consistent, and if I can consistently, as I said, throw strikes, throw quality strikes, be able to uh, command my pitches, uh, if I can just stay on top of that and really be disciplined with my work ethic, then I think uh, my ultimate goals of pitching in big leagues will hopefully come true.
0: Um, also, what, what's your experience has been like so far playing pro ball?
2: Uh, overwhelmingly uh, positive. At the end of the day, no, no matter how bad of a day, if I give up a home run, if I give up some runs, whatever, I'm still uh, playing the game and playing the game that uh, I've grown up playing and loving. So, at the end of the day, there's always a positive like that, and it's also the really super cool, like we said earlier, playing with the uh, different guys who made to the major leagues and just playing with those. Ballparks around uh, our country, so that's been super positive and super cool for me Um, Yeah, I mean there's gonna be negatives like the long bus rides and you're getting in late And you got to wake up playing those doubleheaders in the the hot sun, but overall it's been a great experience
1: and Like what's been your experience, like playing in major League spring training? Obviously, I like watching spring training games, but like, what has it like been pitching, like with all the major league guys, like? Playing?
2: It's been it's been really cool and very fun. You have to try to keep it cool and not be too big of a fanboy because at the end of the day, I'm hoping just to just be their teammate, right? But obviously, when you're seeing big league guys that I grew up watching and you're on the same field with them. It. It's super cool. It's also a great learning experience. Um, we just talked about goals and how I can reach those goals. And those guys have perfected uh, their craft, and which has led them to achieve their major league dreams. So just kind of learning from them has been the best part. And hopefully I can pick up some tips along the way and follow in those steps.
1: So now we're going to move on to some fun rapid-fire questions. Like, just some quick, um, for the listeners to kind of get to know you. First one, favorite, do you have a favorite movie?
2: Yes. Um, I would say, I got, I got two. I would say Batman, The Dark Knight, and Donnie Darko.
0: Um, what's your favorite food?
2: Favorite food? Gotta go with, uh, some steak. Medium love.
1: Oh, same, but I like medium rare.
2: Ooh, all right, that's
1: all right. Um, next one, like, what is, like, the weirdest experience you've had at a baseball game? It could be, like, something weird that happened, like, during the game. Um,
2: man, weirdest experience. Um, probably I've had one person run across the field during a game, and the game has to be delayed, and at first, they weren't getting crazy or anything, but just having them pause the game and seeing security run after them, it's always kind of funny. Um, that's probably the most unique thing that uh, I've seen happen. Um,
1: what's your biggest, like, pet peeve?
2: Biggest pet peeve? Um... I got dogs, so if you if I'm not walking and somebody doesn't pick up after their dog and I step in their dog dump, I'm so upset. <laughs> 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 nothing nothing worse than that.
1: Mine is probably like very loud chewing. Like, I I get annoyed with that a lot. <laughs> That's just something I just can't deal with. Just like I have to leave. Nice. <laughs> okay, hit him with the
0: um, what's your favorite TV show?
2: Favorite TV show currently?
0: Um, just, doesn't really matter current or past. Okay, um, uh, of all time, I'd probably say Lost. That's kind of an older one. Um,
2: and then probably as of late, PQ Blinders. So, this one's a good one. Um, dark chocolate
1: or milk chocolate? Oh, dude, easy. Milk chocolate. I'm not a chocolate guy, so Same I'm... Same with
0: me. I'm
1: not a chocolate guy,
2: but... <laughs> No chocolate all the way.
0: Um, Favorite animal?
2: I got good. Um, well, are we talking... Like, obviously, like, I just said I had dogs, but if we're going, like, animals that I can't own, or, like,
0: in a safari or something, um, definitely an elephant. <laughs> That's
1: a good one. Moment
2: of your career so far. Moment in my career. Um, professionally or
1: this my like whole baseball high school, college, like all that.
2: Um, I was able to break the saves record at Kansas, and it was against Texas. And obviously, they're one of the most historically. Uh, known program, so I was against them at our home field, and my family was there, and I was able to set a record, so it was super cool.
0: Um, what's the favorite place that you've traveled to in your career?
2: Um, and my first experience in AAA was in Louisville, and Louisville is super awesome, super cool, a uh, very lively city. Um, I've been there twice. I went there for college when we played them in the regional, and then uh, the Louisville Bats, I believe. So yeah, I think that that uh, city is super cool, and I would love to go back.
1: So, have you? Has there been a catch in your career, use you especially like throwing to?
2: Uh, yeah. There's there's a couple that uh, definitely I like to throw to. One that stands out was. Right before, this is when Thomas Nito was back and forth on the 40-man before he became permanent uh, this past season. So this was in 2018 before they brought him up, before they expanded rosters. Uh, He was able to catch me maybe twice. And I was new to double A at that point. And he was able to frame pitches and uh, steal some strikes that I might not have been able to get uh, otherwise. So just watching him, and then I believe he threw out a runner for me as well. Yeah, his so with man. him behind the plate, yeah, I, I feel. He's Yep,
1: yeah, really he, yeah, I like him a lot. Okay, so this one's a really good one. Um If you were to have dinner with one person dead or alive, who would it be? Oh
2: man, um. I would probably. This is kind of on the spot, so this might not be my final answer. But one of my top guys I'd want to do would be uh, probably Johnny Depp, because Fair. he's so he's so crazy and he's able to do all these different uh, characters and movies. And I think he'd be very entertaining to uh, have a dinner with.
0: Um, what's your favorite pitch throw during games?
2: Uh, fastballs. Up up and in to righties or up and out to lefties?
1: Do you have, like, a other, like, favorite off speed pitch to throw?
2: Yeah, as of late, uh, the slider, definitely.
1: Okay, so next question is, um, what's your favorite non-baseball team, like, any other sport?
2: Any other sport? Um, let's see, I probably... Yeah, I guess I got to go with uh, the Lakers just because – and it's funny because I know I said I rooted for New York, but uh, just being close enough to Los Angeles, just being Southern California, you see a lot of the Lakers games. And they're advertised everywhere. So I definitely uh, keep up with them and see how they're doing.
0: Um. So our last question of our interview is, what's your favorite non-baseball athlete?
2: Favorite non-baseball athlete? Um, I probably gotta go with. I mean, probably. Oh man, this is tough. Non-baseball, huh?
0: Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta
2: respect just probably Michael Jordan and and the Kobe because. I mean, just the way they can, they competed and how they went about their business is... Their mental strength they had, it's just so unbelievable, and they perfected their, their sport. Um, Jordan was... I'm a little too young to watch him too much, uh, besides just a lot of, like, run, uh, replays. But growing up watching Kobe, like, you can just tell he was on a different level and all the success that he had, and he was... A
1: phenomenal athlete.
2: Did you watch the Last Dance documentary on Michael Trotter? I did, and that was pretty cool. Did you guys watch it as well? Yeah,
1: it was great.
2: Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome.
0: Um, So that's about to wrap up our podcast. Thanks so much, Stephen, again for joining us. We really do appreciate it. And to our listeners, please make sure to drop a like and donate to our GoFundMe charity for COVID-19 relief, which the link is in our bio. Thanks a lot, Steven, and have a great day and stay safe. All right, guys, thanks for having
2: me. I'll talk to you soon. Thank, Thank you. And yeah. Good luck on the match. Peace. LGN. <laughs> All right. Thank See
0: you,
1: yet. guys.
2: Peace.